0: I'm Laura Harper Lake and I'm Sarah Reitzman and you're You're listening listening to Creative Creative Guts.
1: Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Creative Guts. We are so excited today to chat with Sarah Koff, a very talented printmaker living and working in the New Hampshire seacoast. I have had the pleasure of meeting Sarah at local art events over the last few years, and I've always enjoyed her conversations and perspective on art, so we had to bring her in for some in-depth exploring.
0: Laura and I are both proud owners of Sarah's art. We each bought a piece that Sarah made specifically to raise money for a tremendous cause. But you'll hear more about that during the interview. So please enjoy this delightful episode of Creative Guts
1: with Sarah Koff. Sarah Koff. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I uh, begged you a while ago because I was desperate to talk about your work. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> it is sweet.
2: Um, so let's start with a little bit of a summary of what you do as a uh, creative. Sure. Um, so I make woodcuts primarily, and um, they range from really small little guys, little postcards mm-hmm. to big, big, big scale, what I consider our big scale. Um my biggest piece is probably two and a half feet by six feet long. So
1: that's a person.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, woodcuts and they're all different, but they're mostly centered around nature and what's right in our backyard here in New Hampshire and what's relevant to me and my community and uh, and what I'm most passionate about at the moment. <laughs> And so, have you worked with Big Ink before? I have, yeah, they, twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've
1: been on our show. They were number two, I
2: think, before. I know. So I that's listened fantastic. To that one. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, I love Big Ink. I love Lyle. I love I love their program. It's so great. It really helped me a lot because I had come into it doing woodcuts, but never on that big of a scale, obviously. And the process was so helpful and nice and nurturing throughout before we even got there. But then the best part was when we got to go and print together collaboratively. It was so great because I'm used to just printing by myself in my little studio by myself at night and it's lonely and it's, you know, and then, but this was all day with all these cool artists and it was just so lovely. So I'm a huge big ink fan.
1: I have not heard one bad word spoken of them ever. And everyone seems to know them. They're just so yeah. wonderful, right? And- I'm a little biased. I went to college with Lyle, so I've known him forever and such a nice guy. Yeah, they're awesome.
2: <laughs> for those of us
0: whose, you know, full exposure to printmaking was carving on a potato at some point in like elementary
2: school, will you nice. walk us through like
0: what printmaking is and what that process looks like? Sure.
2: Well, I I can't be an expert on printmaking because it's such a huge I mean, there are literally terms that I've never I don't even know how to pronounce them for what, you know, mm. so many things. So I have really limited myself to woodcuts and carving linoleum as well. And actually, I think I probably started with the potato too. I remember in Girl Scouts and soap, you can carve soap, but that's oh, yeah. what I like about printmaking. You can literally carve so many different things and it's so accessible. You can carve a $2 block that you get at Michael's and it can turn out to be the coolest looking print. So I guess what I do is I start with a sketch and whatever that sketch might be gets reversed onto a block, whatever it is that I'm carving. I usually carve birch plywood and then I start carving it and do a test print and then keep carving it, another test print, and then eventually it gets printed. And how it's printed is I roll on a thin layer of ink and then I put on the paper and roll it through my press. What is that process of reversing your sketch? Is that tricky, or does oh, it is it easier than it sounds? It is easier than it sounds. I think the first few times I did um, flub it up, and I think I did an L when it or no, sorry, it was a P when it was supposed to be. Not, I don't know. I. <laughs> but then once you do it once, you never do it again. Yeah. And there's so many different tricks. I usually end up if it's something that I really, really don't want to mess up, I'll digitize my sketch and then flip it on the computer and then print it out and then do it that way.
1: Yeah. But That's yeah. smart. Yeah, my simple. mess up. It's it's away, but I have a backwards N in my ships in the night, but I kind of like it. It's okay.
2: It's a nod to printmate. It's a nod to the process. Yeah. I like that. It gets you. (laughs) That's sweet. I
1: like that. A (laughs) nod to the process. I like it. (laughs) It's a beautiful spin on it. Uh Yeah. (laughs)
2: keep it positive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because after you've done that much work and you finally get to the printing stage and something is backwards, oh man, you sometimes just have to love it yeah. no matter what.
1: And at least you can push forward. Printmaking is such a sculptural process. You know, you're yeah. carving and I, um, in college, carved stone, soapstone and alabaster. Whoa. I'm referencing two right here. Small moquettes of those things, not like huge statues or anything. But if they break, they break. And there's nothing you can do about it. So you can have 25 hours into a project and then it just Snaps in two, and you cry for a couple hours, and that's life. Whereas with printmaking, you can hopefully usually make it work and keep going with it. Have there been tricks that you've learned
2: of like how to transition something that became a boo boo into something beautiful? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many boo boos. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, especially looking back at my older work, which I I did recently when I went to my parents' house. They're moving out of their my childhood home, and they have literally like my first pieces up on their wall still and I'm like mom please take this down it's so embarrassing (laughs) anyway so that's not what you asked. What you asked was, (laughs) how do you fix a boo-boo? And um, what I usually do is I let it sit for a while and just like, don't look at it. And then, you know, once it's carved, it's carved, it's hard to uncarve a carve. But, you know, usually there are ways that you can finesse and keep, you know, just working at it. And sometimes you just need to put it away and Mm -hmm. throw it away and be like, thank you for this, uh, this time that I spend. And, uh, you know, it's a learning process and it's not all going to be good.
1: I imagine your subject matter can yield forgiveness, whereas others can't. I can sometimes work with the figure a lot. And if you cut off an arm, then Ooh. you're doing something, you know, <laughs> you're working with someone who doesn't have an arm, I guess. And that's fine. fine. That's cool. But maybe that wasn't your intention. Right. But if you're working, you know, with a, a piece of nature, maybe a woodland scene, you know that, oh, that tree actually got cut and
2: no one needs to know it was
1: ever there. Totally. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. I love working with the organic, like um, I made this big chicken Seen recently, and it was so. Yeah, it was like that. I mean, there's feathers where there Maybe there are feathers here, maybe not anymore. Yep. And, but yeah, I <laughs> do. I do a, a lot of architectural pieces too. Like I will do a lot of home portraits, Ooh. and yeah, that's so different than doing the organic chicken. You know, it's uh-huh. it's you can't mess up a window or, you know, the all, chimneys it's a lot more precise. <laughs> yeah, so, oh. I like having both of those. You know, it's fun to have both. That's so cool. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm curious what do you do with your wood blocks when you're done printing them? Some people Mm -hmm. uh, destroy them so they can never Mm -hmm. be used again. Some people Mm -hmm. display them. I've always thought of like filling them with resin and, you know, selling them or letting them go. Some people are more delicate about it than others.
2: How do you feel about what you do with them after? Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't really put much thought into it. I just have them Mm -hmm. and i do have some of them on my wall because i the blocks are so great they're so beautiful in themselves i love seeing just the carving marks and everything so i do keep them all i haven't thought about what i might do a few people have asked me to buy them and i'm not ready to let them go uh or those those particular ones i wasn't but um Yeah, I think I maybe, I like the resin idea. That's cool.
1: I never have done it. I've always thought about it. I always thought it would be cool to do a show where everything on the walls was the wood blocks, but then there was a crate underneath each one with the prints. (gasps) So you could just pull through, dig through and like get the prints in different colors. But you could see the inspiration in the original piece and and maybe have it for sale or maybe not. But then the prints are all for sale and you still get your money. You know, I don't know. It's just a great great idea. It's a neat thing. I dabble in everything, so I don't do enough printmaking to maybe delve into that. So you can totally steal that idea. You should oh, do it.
2: I, I might. I just yeah. might. Yeah, I just did a show actually in Newburyport and the sign for the show was the block. So, uh, Oh, I saw the- that. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and it was yep. like
1: the reverse. It was right. like what you see when you make it. It was actual
2: block. It was reverse. but actually it's funny. I had made it normal so that people could read it and then I have a graphic designer friend who was like no 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 you should show the reverse like that's oh, the pro so I yeah. did and I'm so glad I did because yeah. It, yeah it makes you pause that's really it, cool yeah.
1: absolutely I loved it when I saw it I was like that is perfect oh, you know because you're, you're letting people sit in the seat of the driver of the hey. artist and yeah. they get that sneak peek of you think about everything backwards
2: yeah yep
0: in a total serendipitous moment so we were talking with a previous guest about how sometimes sort of the the block itself is more, you know, sentimental and important and special than the, the print that you make off of it. And you literally post it on Facebook. Sometimes a block is more significant than the print it makes. Was there a story <laughs> oh, behind yes. this post? Oh my gosh,
2: yes. That's so weird. I just posted that a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. So it's such a strange story. But so my uh, husband lost his mother when he was eight. And she was a wonderful woman. We just have a lot of her stuff in boxes in the house. And we happened to be going through them, you know, a year or two ago. And we looked through and she had made these linoleum block prints when she was maybe three 12, 14, in the 50s, 1950s. And they were so good. I know. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. (laughs) Like, it just so happens that I do this and it's so meaningful. And so I have one of her blocks. There are two. And one of them was her and her sisters. They're four sisters. And it's on my wall. It's like such a cool find that, you know, to think that she was doing the same thing that I do. And I don't know. I love it.
1: That's so nice. <laughs> I feel like my breath's been taken away. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's so beautiful. I
2: know. Would yeah. you ever
1: consider printing it for, say, family members? I or did. It? I oh, did oh,
2: actually. I I had found. I lied. I didn't find it a year ago. I found it many years ago, but then I refound it a year mm-hmm. ago. But <laughs> I found it before we got married, and I made prints and gave them to the family at the at the wedding. It was cool. So you were definitely in the family then. Uh, I, yeah, bet that, yeah, I bet
1: yeah. that I bet that won a, of- <laughs> a
0: lot of hearts. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. What a nice reason to keep your you know blocks these blocks forever so that your you know grandkids can find them. I
1: know.
0: Cool. It's yeah.
2: Really
1: cool. Like an archaeologist digging up history yeah
2: you know
0: like a really neat family heirloom or something right and there it's
2: like from the 50s and it's still a block you know like mm-hmm. it's still it's a little cracked but you know it's still a block it's so cool wood or linoleum it's linoleum oh
1: nice so, wow, i know that's awesome i know i was imagining wood lasting longer yeah. but maybe yeah not. i don't know that's yeah. so
0: cool yeah it's really neat too. Yeah, it's really wonderful. I know done.
1: nobody can see it except us, but <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Isn't cool? Cool. So let's dig into you as a creative. When did you first know that you were a maker, and how did you decide to pursue it in your life? Besides printmaking,
2: obviously, but like, were there other steps, other mediums you tried, or how did that all happen? That's a good question. I think that I've always been a maker. I haven't always been a printmaker, but I grew up just. You know, doodling on every paper, and um, my mom makes quilts, and so I learned how to sew from her. And so, yeah, I've always been a maker. I think that it wasn't until I, I started more of a, as a writer in college. I was a writing major, and and then think it just sort of became something that I did on the side as a 20-something-year-old, and I started taking classes in printmaking, and um, and then I went to grad school for ecological design, so I took a lot of design classes there, and so it's all just kind of come together into printmaking, but yeah, just Totally, bunch of different mediums.
0: So, is printing is that your full time gig? Are you uh, you know a full time artist?
2: Yeah. Well, I'd say it's part time. I have two kids. One of them is in school full time. One of them is in preschool. So I'm part time in this, but it really is more of a full time thing. It's bleeds into every moment of my day, and it's every night, and it's weekends, and so, you know, if you counted up the hours, I'm sure it would be full-time.
1: And do your kids get involved in the creative process?
2: Yeah, they do. I try to keep them out of the studio sometimes, (laughs) because... They are lovely, wonderful, creative people, and I love when we do make art together, but it's sort of like my me time and my time that I need to just be Sarah and be productive and, like, focus, and so, yeah, it's the balance, and certainly I get them to help me in all the little jobs, the, the non-art jobs that are related to the, you know, the labeling, and the, they, they get into it, and they are really, they both want to be artists, they're both really into art. <laughs> So it's great. It's great.
1: And what do they think of Printmaking, like, do they fully get the process of what you do?
2: Yeah, I think they do. I mean, the the younger one is four, so she's less so, but I think she gets it to some degree. But my seven year old has made prints with me, and we made a reduction woodcut um, a few years ago together. And it was cool. It was abstract. It was based on one of her sketches, and so she loves it. She loves doing that. And and she we made Valentine's cards for her class last year. Aww. She printed them. That's and it was cool. a clock, and it said Happy Valentine's Day. Oh my god! I know. Puns. <laughs> it was a dad pun that she loved, so we had to turn it into a card. It was a perfect blend of our dad jokes and mom prints. Perfect combination. That's it was really a good cute. combo. Yeah. really, really cute. <laughs> <It was> cute. <laughs> if you're six, it's
1: cute.
0: <laughs> um, so, what has your experience been like then monetizing your art and being an artist as a as a gig?
2: It's been such an evolution. I started off just wanting to do it. I didn't really care if I made money. I just wanted to do it and have it be something else that I did other than be a mom. Because at that point, I had we had just moved here. I just had a baby. I didn't have a job anymore. And I was like, I need a, something else right now. Like, or else I'm going to go crazy. So... I just um, I applied to the farmers market in Exeter and extra in Portsmouth and I got in and that was my gig. I like went every week or every two weeks and I sold what I could sell and sometimes I'd make a hundred bucks and I was so happy with that, you know. And that was how I started. And then it started evolving, you know, as as it mm-hmm. does once you start taking yourself a little more seriously and. Once you start liking your work a little more, I guess. (laughs) Maybe having a little more like belief in your... Product. More belief and some a little more interest in custom work and I don't know it just evolved and and then I started talking to other artists and seeing what they you know I wasn't formally trained so I really just sold greeting cards to start with like three dollar greeting cards that I hand printed so it's really evolved from that to you know bigger pieces that I've gotten advice on how to price and people you know everybody always says oh you charge too little oh you charge just right or oh you charge too much and you know. Everybody has their opinion and it's really hard to just find your own path and be just secure in, in what you're doing. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> totally.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um, I love locally made greeting cards. So that is like not a bad place to start. At yeah. All.
2: It's a great place to start, especially yeah. at the farmer's market oh, when yeah. everybody's so nice. And the other sellers are farmers, and they're so cool, and they trade you with their produce. I mean, it was the best. Oh, it was the it's, best it's gig. So authentic. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so from there, you kind of grew to being represented at galleries and finding your work in stores. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was at Forest and Ash. Nice and shout out bam. to Forest and Ash. Yeah, I love. That's my favorite <laughs> new store. That's where I got your earrings that I got you for Christmas. They're oh, freaking gorgeous. Know. And I was like there's a freaking Sarah Kauf right there. And and they were like, I know, isn't she awesome? I was like, yeah, I know her, and she's freaking awesome. Like, you know, they were so (laughs) sweet. Yeah, yeah. So it was just, it was lovely to see an artist I know represented at a beautiful place like that. And Mm. uh, so... What has the journey been as far as putting your art out there in uh,
2: other types of establishments? So I think that it's been just experimental. And I started off doing smaller pieces after the greeting card phase. I did slightly bigger prints that were not greeting cards and I started wholesaling them. And that was interesting and a learning experience. And I realized I didn't really want to do that anymore, because that took up so much time. And I really wanted to be doing other bigger, fewer quantity things than the open edition prints that I was making before. So then, you know, just dipping my toe in different things. Like I tried wholesaling. Um, I've applied to just anything that I see. I'll apply to like a call for artist in, you know, this town that's local, it would probably be a good fit, you know, I'll apply. And so it's all just been, you know, trying things out and seeing what, what sticks to the wall, you know? And, um, so I, I was really, happy I just did this was my first gallery show that I've ever had solo gallery show in the Newburyport Firehouse Center that's going on right now Um, (laughs) this January Um, and that was probably my biggest like gallery experience I've ever had and that was fun to have a reception and um, you know really like have a lot of space to work with I brought so many pieces and so then wholesaling gallery and then you know fairs I go to a lot of in-person sales especially around the holiday. Holidays or in the summer when there's a lot of like festivals going on. And I've tried that and some are flops and some are great and you never know what's going to happen until you get there. And I just think it's still an ongoing experiment. And um, I like to just balance it all and try a little bit of everything and um, I do wholesale a little bit with stores like Forest and Ash. Now um, I've gotten back into it, but balancing it. all I think that's how it works with like the flywheel. You know, like you try to keep a bunch of different things going so that you always have something coming on the pipe, you know, next. So that's, uh, I don't know if that's the best strategy, but that's what I'm doing.
1: Well, it seems to be working. Yeah. I see your work a lot of places oh. and it's recognizable and lovely. And I'm just like, oh, oh yeah, thank you. I love seeing it. <laughs> and I met you at one of those fairs. Right? We met at yeah. the Equinox Fair, at The think. Equinox, yes. Yeah, in yep. Exeter. Yep. And uh, luckily, now you're on the show. Yay!
0: <laughs> do you sell a lot online or is it mostly the sort of in-person
2: stuff? I do some online. Um, and I would like to try to expand that for sure. Um, but that's sort of something that I don't have much training in. And I'm learning. There's a lot to learn. So yeah. um, I do social media. Like I sell probably more through Instagram than just on my website, you know. And um, so that's, I don't know, it's it's such a weird world right now where you can just throw a piece up on Instagram and somebody can buy it, you know. That's cool. It is cool. It's great. (laughs) It's great if it works, you know. But yeah, I think I'd like to get more into web sales in the future, but yeah, it's not my strongest game right now.
0: We had somebody on the podcast, Emily Slama, who said that she thought about doing the website thing and then just didn't bother
2: because between wholesale, sale on
0: Instagram. She was Mm -hmm. selling plenty that way and didn't really feel like she needed the website to do it, which is cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. It's nice to have like an online portfolio though. Like I do a lot of custom work and logos. And so it's nice to be able to throw them up there and people Mm -hmm. can just easily see your style. And absolutely. So
1: yeah. Speaking Mm -hmm. of social media and driving of sales, I'd like to talk about your koala print. (sighs) Because I think that had a bigger effect than you probably originally projected. (laughs) Um, So what I'm referencing is this beautiful koala print that Sarah created in response to the devastation of the wildfires in Australia and the effect it has for displacement and injury on the animals there. And uh, so horrific. But you did something in response to that that actually has made a really big impact. So why don't you share how it started, what you did, and what the results were.
2: Sure. Yeah, it was just such a crazy, horrible tragedy that is going on and I don't know, I just felt like, so far away, there's no way I could possibly do anything and then my seven-year-old daughter comes home from school and she's like, I want to go to Australia someday and I was like, why? I mean, she didn't even know about the wildfires or anything but I was like, why Australia? And she said, oh, I want to see the koalas. And I was like, oh. I have to do something. I haven't done anything and the koalas are dying and it's so sad. And maybe this is like the push that I need. So like literally that day I started carving a koala and I, it was one of those things where, you know, I finished it the next day. I threw it up on Instagram. I made 25 prints. I was like, it'd be so awesome if 25 people bought this $24 print and I could give a few hundred dollars to this wildlife organization in, in Australia and within 24 hours, I had made over $1,000. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And I think it just really, like, everybody else was feeling the way I was feeling. Like, this is horrible. I want to do something, but I don't know how. And it was just such an easy way to just spend $24 and know that you're, like, 100% of the proceeds are going to this, these two charities. And so, you know, to know that the money is going to help. And it was an amazing, insane I could not believe the the reaction from the community. Not just Exeter, but the ex, it was huge in Exeter and surrounding towns. But you know, international. I got international orders, like people from Washington State ordering four prints. And I mean, just it was crazy. So yeah, in the end, I had the sale for a week, and I don't have the final tally because it's been slow. To you know, people are still trickling in, and yeah, um, you know, I still have to get the final. Um, shipment's out tomorrow, but I think I've made around $6,000 to donate. So it's pretty... Freaking cool.
1: That's spectacular. Yeah. And it was uh Sarah Reitzman and I are both purchasers of the print. And it was so fun to follow you on social media and you'd be like, oh, we just hit a thousand. Uh, oh, 2,500. <laughs> We're almost at 4,000. Like it was just like, oh, it just felt so good, you know, because I get this beautiful piece of original artwork by you, but then I get to help contribute in a substantial way among my you know, peers in the area and internationally, and it just was like, holy freaking wow you know was yeah. so cool it was and awesome. I love the decisions you made with the print you're printing um you know a tannish gray tone on a like a white ivory piece of paper with the koala you know a third of it is off of it and I think that says a lot about the disappearance that could mm-hmm. be potentially happening and it was just it was very moving and Aww. I loved seeing it uh, I'm gonna get teary-eyed but um <laughs> It was really, really nice. Oh,
2: thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. you know. It was really, it was really just, you know, like Mr. Rogers always says, like, look for when there's a tragedy, look for the helpers. And I was like, oh, people care. They're good. They, you know, they want to help and the people are good. And that just made me feel so, you know, such a great silver lining for all this.
1: And just uh, it's helping also bring awareness to folks that maybe don't watch the news or really get, you know, what was going on, because this has been going on for like three or four months now, but it really hasn't been as prominent in the news, or at least I don't follow too closely. And I was reading, I don't know, the Washington Post or something, and it, it literally said the size of land that has just been wiped out is um, if Massachusetts and New Hampshire were combined. Like they referenced my freaking state, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "That okay?" So like us and our families and everyone we know, plus a whole other state, uh-huh. are just gone. gone. And if you think of just the pets and the people and the wildlife that inhabit New Hampshire and Massachusetts, and to know that that is now just
2: gone yeah. and could yeah. keep going, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just,
1: mm-hmm. woo.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. So. Yeah kudos. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Power of art. Yeah, I know. It's just like a little print. And yeah, I'm so excited to send the money that that's going to tomorrow sending the money. Oh, yeah. It'll be good. Oh, that's going to feel so cool.
0: (laughs) What has been your experience collaborating with other artists if you've had the
2: opportunity to do that? I haven't done it enough because as i've said i work alone in my studio when i like in the night and the weekends and i that is my goal for 2020 actually is i have two goals color and collaboration
1: Ooh, so nice. yeah right that's fantastic yeah i love
2: working with color and printmaking yeah. it's
1: scary and really fun
2: yeah and really hard but really amazing mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah you do color really well
1: i don't necessarily agree but i <laughs> love playing with it
2: Yes, yes.
1: I, I'm. I'm just sort of messy with it all. Like I'm, I don't feel like I've hit that refined moment. But I also dabble in so many different mediums that I don't care to really refine it. I just fly through whatever idea I've got going on. Right. But, yeah. But fine. I'd love to see your work yeah. in color.
2: Yeah. So I primarily do black and whites for those of you who don't know my work. And so this year I really want to try, you know, bring in in some color. I think it's time. Cool. So. Um, and for yeah. collaboration, how oh. are you thinking on uh, seeking that out? Right. Yes. Back to your question. Um, so I have taken some courses where we have collaborated or at least been in the same room as other artists mm-hmm. and talked <laughs> and, you know, given each other feedback. And that's my favorite. I love that. I love working with other people. So that has been my, you know, a few courses here and there. Has been really the limits of my collaboration, but you know, I would love to. I'm open to it. In 2020, I don't have a plan right now. I you would two love to
1: collaborate.
2: Yes, yeah, yep, <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 um, I'm in.
1: <laughs> Becky uh, Barcy and I are working mid collaboration right now. Ooh. So that canvas that's up there with the yellow and red, yeah. so she did that. And there's a canvas that she has right now that I did half of. I did like half of a sad, depressed woman, like, cut in half. Like, she's all blue. It's a figure painting. And, uh, and like, the inside is empty. So with the thoughts that maybe she could do something coming out of it. And wow. I'm actually um toying with the idea of making that a futuristic cityscape with a beautiful sunset. Oh, yeah. Cool. Like, I just totally. – that's immediately what I thought when totally. I saw it. And so, you know, and then we're thinking of maybe even swapping back at the end and doing little touches <gasps> Ooh, yeah. to each. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. I like so, that. So
2: with printmaking – I don't know how that works, but Mm. we should think about it because I would totally be into that. That would be so fun. Could you do like a reduction where I do a color and then you do a color and (sighs) I do a color? I love it. I love it too. That sounds cool. Okay. I'm in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I just have a podcast to meet other artists to make art with. That's all this is. (laughs) Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I I love when Laura collaborates with our guests. (laughs) It's so cool. It's really cool. (laughs) So I can be your tester and then... And down the line, you know, you can refine the process with someone else who is a little bit more established of a printmaker, whereas I'm a dabbler, I would say.
2: I like it. I like working with a dabbler. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm so excited to see what you come up with. <laughs> and just think, if we didn't ask this question, if you had asked seven and not eight, this might have yeah. not even have happened. Oh, oh, right. Eight. Right. It's fate. <laughs> you're right <laughs> we're that important
2: <laughs>
0: um, will you tell us about sort of your studio habits do you listen to music while Ooh. you're working do you listen to podcasts do you like tea like what's your sort of thing yeah. when you get in the studio
2: okay so first things first usually I put something on my diffuser like some sort of energy smell Ooh. that's you know that's a new one it is. <laughs> and then I have my coffee Almost always, very important, Yep. Yeah. and um, and usually a podcast, but it depends on the task. If it's a mindless task, podcasts are good, and I listen to like eight hundred of them, and then otherwise it's just music. But I have to have something going on, or else the silence will make yeah me feel yeah. depressed. So what, do you, what yeah. do you tend to listen to while you're working? Oh, it's it totally ranges. I go from like classical when I'm feeling it, which I'm not. Like I don't know any any one person in particular. Like I just like it sometimes or even like jazz, but usually it's more contemporary. Like, I don't know. I like WUMB. I don't know if you know that radio station. It's out of Boston. But I do
1: Spotify mostly.
2: Oh, yeah. Spotify too.
1: Yeah. 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 There's a um, peaceful piano playlist. It's all classical, but it's piano focused yes. and it's very, it's peaceful, but it's also very driven and mm. so great to work to. It's nice. one of my favorite playlists.
0: I love that we have so many guests who listen to the radio.
1: I know we don't. old fashioned.
0: <laughs> I know. Steve <laughs> Pambukas told us all of his favorite
1: radio stations and we were just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever even turned on the radio in my car.
2: Really? I don't think so. What?
1: That's oh, the oh only place God. I listen I mean, it. in my <laughs> lifetime I have. Just in the last, like the car I have now I've had for two, three years and I never, I just, I usually listen to an audiobook or a podcast or, um, you know, Spotify music or whatever. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to rapid-fire questions, which uh, you may or may not know. We go through um, a list of questions that we ask you to be brief on, okay. if possible. And if not, we will edit you down. All right. Do you like to do any accents? And if so, which ones?
2: <laughs> oh. Shut up, you. Good or bad? I super do. What's your favorite I grew accent? up with a... Um, British father. He wasn't really British, but he always talks in a British accent.
1: I love him already. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because I do it a lot.
0: (laughs) My husband's going to love that story. So my husband goes into a British accent all the time. So someday he's going to be like random fake British dad. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I do British and I do Irish a
2: lot Oh, Irish, that's harder though for me uh, So you've got to get into it a bit
1: but then once you get used to it you really it really becomes quite a lot easier and uh, I play uh, a game every Sunday where I do an accent so I play Audre Lynette Wow So I'm, I, I have a little bit of practice although I, I do fear if an Irish person listened they might be like Oh, you're terrible <laughs>
2: No, they'd be like, what part of Ireland are you from? <laughs> Unrecognizable <laughs> accent. The Scotland part. Oi, lost.
0: That's all I could do with Scotland. <laughs> um, Laura only brings this up so she can like show off her accents on the podcast. <laughs> I hope to get discovered someday.
1: <laughs> no, I don't. You're good. I like doing it. Uh, this whole podcast stems from me just wanting to be a voice actor uh, a little bit in the back of my head. So I play around with stuff. Do you watch a lot of British TV? Because that helps.
2: Oh, I do. Yeah. I'm on the great British baking show kick right now. Yes awesome. mm, Who isn't? But yeah, it's really it's so good. It's a beautiful accent.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, so we can get into
2: a you know a little more serious
1: one, I guess. Um, what other artist has influenced you the most as a creative
2: Oh my gosh, just one? There's well, so many. You can cite a
1: few, but this is rapid fire. You could also <laughs> cite, you know, like the expressionists or the blah, blah, blahs, the dadaism, whatever. That was mm. so stern. Mm. You can cite a few, but this is rapid fire. <laughs> don't make me when lecture you, you again. Stern, I thought you were talking about Howard Stern. Like, that's so stern. stern, stern. Howard. Like, ew, I don't think that's Howard Stern.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,. <clears throat> Local artist Matt Brown. Um, he's up in the Upper Valley. He's an amazing woodcut printmaker. Ooh. I took a course from him. I'm gonna look him up right oh, after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fabulous. Yeah, so I, that that'll be my one answer for the <laughs> rapid fire. But I so many, so many, so many. I
1: know it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, what's your favorite museum or exhibit you visited? I really like the Smithsonian. I grew up in Maryland and we went to Smithsonian a lot as a kid. And I just love all the gems and the, you know, all the natural history stuff. Like, you know, the dinosaur bones. And I don't know. That's a weird question to answer as an (laughs) artist. But like, I love it. That's always been one of my favorites. Yeah.
0: yeah. It um, sort of goes hand in hand with your like nature themed art. Yeah. Yeah. You You should do some dinosaur bone prints. Yeah. Actually, that'd be really cool. (laughs)
2: Would oh. be cool. <laughs> would be cool. Inspiration from Taking creative note.
1: Gods, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um Is there any uh, medium that you haven't worked with yet that you'd love to try?
2: Yeah. Oh, there's so many. Well, there's so many different kinds of printmaking that I still haven't tried um. that I would like to. I really have tried to keep my blinders on when I started because... I tend to like to do all sorts of things and I've really just wanted to focus on this and that's what I've been doing for seven years. Um, but yes, I would love silk screening. I would love to get into that. Mm. Um, maybe that's my top answer right now, but yeah. I love, you know, so many things.
1: I know, that's the great thing about the creative world. There's mm. just endless directions. There's so many things to try. It's, yeah. it's uh, almost overwhelming.
0: What is the most inspiring location
2: you've traveled to? I would say... Maybe the California coast. Ooh. It's really beautiful. I don't know. I mean, I've traveled to further away places, but that was with the redwoods and the, I don't know. It was really stunning. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see the redwoods. Mm. It's on my it's list. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Favorite color? Oh, tomato red. Ooh, Ooh. very specific. Because it's my favorite color. Yeah. <laughs> When you have six year old or seven year old daughter who asks you your favorite color, you gotta you, you gotta, gotta know your favorite yeah. color.
0: <laughs> Does she ever ask you your favorite scent?
2: No. Are <laughs> you? We are. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Okay, my favorite scent would be, so I grew up camping on Lake George in the Adirondacks, and so the scent there is, like, a mixture of, like, pine forest Mm. and, like, dead fish, you know, Mm, and then, like, (laughs) and, like, diesel fuel from the boats. Like, that combination is, like, my favorite. I love it
1: when people's favorite smell is nostalgia-based. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's connected to your memories
2: and your time spent there. Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Hmm. Uh, Favorite sound. My favorite sound. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) This is like maybe it's just me, but I freaking love the sound of children singing unprompted together in a room without any adults. (laughs) That's adorable. That's an adorable answer, but like literally that's the coolest thing I ever. Very rarely my children will do it or when they have friends over, they will start singing in a room and I'm like, I'm a puddle, right? And this is the best thing ever. That's so
1: sweet. I love it.
2: (laughs) What is your favorite texture? It's hard. This might be a weird answer. I would say the top of a newborn's head because it's like furry and peachy and fuzzy but also it's like pulsating yeah you know because like there's like brains that are still like the, the skull heart. hasn't fo- yeah. yeah it's not hard the yet so it's like it's just like hasn't connected. really real like you know it's a little Warm. scary it's yeah it's super scary yeah. but also like really yeah. soft favorite taste okay probably like a tomato mozzarella balsamic combination did I say basil? Yeah. There's basil too.
0: I was going to ask you if there was basil oh, in there. Oh, yeah, of oh, course.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Delicious. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so, last question, one we love to go out on. Um, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self?
2: Oh, my gosh. I think to just be more chill <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry about it, it's going to be fine. And, uh, and just to experiment. Actually, there's this advice by um, Lisa Congdon. She wrote, did you hear about her um, book, like How to Be Creative? No. Oh, it's so good. Um, Anyway, so she writes like how to be an artist, how to be creative, how to tap your creative side. And one thing that she said that really resonates with me is, is always act like a beginner. And I think that when I was beginning because I didn't have formal training, I didn't want to look like a beginner mm-hmm. because I was so aware that I was a beginner. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. but like own it and be like asking all the questions and trying all the things and I think I did that but I could have done it so much more. So that's that's cool. my advice. Great what advice. cool advice. <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like you could do that in all realms of life too. Oh know? yeah. Maybe not beginner driver, but like mostly everything else. Like you Mm. could just come at things a little more humbly.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Ah, I love that. Yeah. I think I needed to hear that too. (laughs) (laughs) So we end every episode the same way as a little call to all the listeners to get them moving. Love it. Yeah. So with that, show show us your creative creative guts. guts. A huge thank you to Sarah Koff. Sarah is another one of those folks I get to interview on here that I just really, really want to be friends with. Her drive, passion, the humility she has is so inspiring. I don't even think she gets how amazing and awesome she is. Her pursuit of using art to raise awareness and funds for such a worthy cause is helping the animals in Australia that really need it right now. It makes me want to do more. It makes me want to be better with my own art and try to help out in the world. So well done, Sarah. Thank you for sharing all that you have shared with us.
0: Go check out Sarah's work online at sarahcoffstudio.com and on Facebook and Instagram where her handle is at
1: Studio. As per usual, we will have a link to Sarah's website on our Facebook page, our Instagram, and of course, our website, creativegutspodcast.com. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Guts, and we'll have a new episode for you next Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Guts. Why are you laughing, Sarah?
0: We're like, we're going to get this done really quickly. i know, and just, like already
1: fing <laughs> around. <laughs>
0: Uh, Ultimate time wasters. Mm
1: -hmm. Another huge thank you to guest. (laughs) I copied and pasted the
0: template and then I didn't like. No, no, it's awesome. (laughs) Another huge thanks to
1: what? Why are you laughing, (laughs) guest?
0: I not. Another huge thank you to, insert guest, guest name here, here.
1: <laughs> Sarah cough. <Koff. laughs> it would be funny if we're like, oh, wonderful thank you to Sarah cough for being on the show. <laughs> Such a pleasure.
0: Listeners, why do
1: you keep coming back? <laughs> Ridiculous. Start with a little bit of a summary of what you do as a uh, creative. Sure. Um.
2: So Wait, I. Sorry, stop. <laughs> I'm
1: so, so sorry. I can hear the music playing on. I uh, oh. yeah. I'm just going
2: to. But yeah, just totally a bunch of different mediums. That's so cool. I know
1: you're getting distracted right now. I'm sorry.
2: We have to document it. I was trying
1: to be stealthy, and you can't be stealthy when the camera's a foot away from someone's face. Am I right? (laughs) Just pretend there's nothing here. Not our A game.
2: (laughs) So I,
1: whenever the, (laughs) you're not going to believe this. If you look up right now, Sarah. I did.
2: I did see that. Oh, dear Lord. that's our (laughs) rose (laughs) hi creeper
1: she (laughs) does that every once in a while
2: well when my dad calls he says (laughs) (gasps) (gasps) but this is your father and (laughs) now I just messed it up don't Cut that out. Cut that out. Do it again. Do it again. I can can usually do it. We won't look at you, okay? Will that help? Oh, God.
1: We'll look away. Uh. (laughs) And there's so many variations of British accents, too. I just, I love it because you could be very dainty and refined and Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. Or you could be very cockney and I'm sort of rough and oi, what you looking at there? Well, you ain't looking at me. Oi. (laughs) (laughs) Oi. If you just say oi a lot, (laughs) there's a trick. (laughs) A lot of that's going to cut.